when you're here, your family. Welcome back to Bizarre Podcast, Dogs Must Die. My name is Grant. You can call him Chip. And we are finally back talking about JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, the anime adaptation of Part 5, Golden Wind. Yes. This is the part I've seen the least. I've only watched it once because it's the it was the most recent part until, you know, a few months ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, this is also, this is the part of jojo that took the longest to get an actually good english translation of okay okay because there, there were many many years where the duang translation was the yeah. <laughs> the only way to, to read part four but like, okay i may be remembering this incorrectly but i think a good english translation of part five didn't actually exist in full until a couple of years ago <laughs> and like now, there's an official like version of the of that part coming out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There are a couple volumes in now. Like I was at Barnes and Noble yesterday, and they 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 were all over the place. And I saw, I heard at least two different teenagers go, "Look, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure." <laughs> and then you slip them a business card. Come on, come, <laughs> come on. on. Yeah, I just hang around the Barnes and Noble manga section, which is slowly becoming more and more of the store. Mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. keeps getting bigger. You just write uh, uh, the name of the show, maybe make a tiny URL or something and, mm-hmm. and on uh, uh, post-it notes, and you slip it inside the cover of every JoJo's oh, volume. Shit. Yeah. Come on, kids. Free bookmark. <laughs> <laughs> yes, part five is a little infamous for its translation. I don't remember there being really anything funny from the translation, but rather it just made how a lot of stand powers worked. More confusing. I I can't even imagine. <laughs> Powers that even when localized better are still kind of confusing. <laughs> so Yeah, there's no way we're going to talk about that today. Mm, no, sir. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So part five is, from my impression, from, if, what, from what I remember, uh, one of the more popular parts in Japan. I think just because, uh, like, Italy. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. all Italy. Out of all the parts I've seen... All the way through, this one is probably the one I have the most problems with. But I'll Ooh. be I'll be interested to see how this plays out with an English dub that I can already tell makes stuff come across a lot better than the kind of awkward Crunchyroll subs I read when it was coming out like week by week. <laughs> so maybe it'll change my mind a little bit. I don't know. Let let's do some science and find out. Yeah. Uh, so so we're gonna start with episode one, Gold Experience, which begins with an establishing uh, with an establishing shot of the the uh, skyline of Naples, Napoli, with with the sound of concertina and strings, mm-hmm. the official soundtrack of Italian establishing shots. <laughs> and we we see someone in in a bright purple outfit just walking yes. down the streets and eventually the purple man yeah the purple man and then eventually kind of cutting off into like an alley and as the purple man walks the streets he sees a, a purse snatcher snatching purses from tourists uh he sees a, a cop taking a payoff there's a drug deal there's vagrancy and mm-hmm. purple man sees all <laughs> as he is walking through we had the camera go back higher up you know looking at the the whole of, of Naples here, and we get the narrator introducing Naples, and it's the same narrator, I believe, but he's got a different tone going on <laughs> this time, and so it made me think it was a different guy for a second. I was like, oh no, the narrator, his cousin's filling in. <laughs> well, it's the same guy, but this is like his eighth character now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, and he's talking about, yes, the, the beauty of Naples and how, you know, w- once you've seen Napoli, you can die at peace, which like, yeah, I'm sure we're going to see that happen a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and some tourist babes ask our purple man for directions. And and one, like, trips and stumbles when she gets jostled by a, another man walking behind her, and her face falls into his bare chest. Yes, this purple man here, just his chest is exposed. He has a giant, like, big heart-shaped cut, cutout right in the mm-hmm, middle mm-hmm. of his, his shirt here. The the basic idea is, what, what if Josuke's jacket, but no layers underneath? Yep, basically, yeah. yeah. You know, this one woman stumbles right into his chest, and she's like, oh, goodness, this strapping young teenager. <laughs> uh, allegedly. Allegedly. But, yeah, they're they're walking around with, like, ice cream cones in their hands, and they're, like, asking for directions and stuff, and this, this guy, like, apologizes, like, oh, hey, it's no, it's no biggie that your face just got burrowed into my chest, whatever, and they, they go off going, like, damn, that dude was hot. Well, b- but before they walk oh, yes. away, as the man who knows all of the crimes in town, mm-hmm. <laughs> he sees that this isn't just some uh, uh, narrow sidewalk or, or unobservant passerby. This is a pickpocket who uh, uh, disguised his lift with that jostle. So uh, the, the purple man picks his pocket right back and says, oh, oh ma'am, you, you must have dropped this and gives her her, her giant lady wallet back. <laughs> it's pretty big. It's a whole dang clutch. Uh, yeah. But yes, as those two women, you know, walk away going like, wow, that teenager was hot. Anyways, tourist stuff. Uh, two, like, butterflies or moths, I forget which. I think they were butterflies. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Fly out of her pocket and land in this guy, in the purple guy's hands in between his fingers. And then they morph into money. <laughs> they become money. Uh, so w- with this new payday, he-, he walks out to the gelato stand and gets himself a couple scoops, even gets one for the kid because, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're so- some sort of a Robin Hood double pickpocket maneuver here. Yeah. Uh, and then that brings us to our logo for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 5, Golden Wind. Mm-hmm. Like after uh, our protagonist here, you know, pickpockets that money from the tourists and buys ice cream and then buys ice cream gelato for, uh, this little kid that's also nearby like he just looks up into the sky and it it <laughs> the shot here makes it seem like wow this is such a fucking idyllic perfect day but there's crime happening everywhere <laughs> but he loves it he loves it he's into crime but he only does when it's, crimes but only when it's good crime his crimes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. those are good crimes so so but before we move on too much let's talk about the rest of this guy's outfit so yes mm. bright purple huge open chest these green and black medallions there's three of them uh, uh across the the closed parts of his jacket that i really lo- enjoy yep those look cool and his bright blonde hair which resolves into like a twisted braided ponytail in the back but mm-hmm. in front He's got the world's most stylish mullet. That's what this is. That, that is absolutely what this is. So this this is a level ninety nine mullet. Yeah. His so rather than having bangs, his long long hair in the front has been basically coiled into th- a row of three big donuts. Yes. <laughs> yes. It looks like the air intake to to like a, a, the supercharger of a hot rod, but it's <laughs> yeah. hair donuts. It's hair donuts, just three big ones right across his forehead. 
sometimes they bother me because the big holes in them, they're just filled in black. Like it's really mm-hmm. deep in there. And that makes it feel a little like more biological to me for some reason, rather than just being <laughs> hair. Like, oh, there's something just gross about it sometimes. Yes, he has the world's most impressive mullet for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, he, he's he's got golden highlights all over his outfit. You know, like his collar has these big uh, golden wings on each end. Yes, uh, yes. He's also possessed by Hermes. <laughs> yeah. And like the big opening on his chest is, is golden all the way around it and then down the middle. Very, very bright purple. I keep forgetting he has shirt, a shirt and pants. I keep thinking he's just wearing a full bodysuit just because it's all <laughs> one color. After our, our logo, because, of course, we, we won't see the opening until episode two, mm-hmm. we, we see an, a, a second character. There's more than one guy in this. <laughs> By the way, I just want to mention that from now on, for all of this part, every episode is called Episodio. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll have to keep that in mind. I, I don't want to break, you know, the, <laughs> the artistic intent, you know. Yeah, yeah. You don't hear me calling the, the bits of the Hitchhiker's Guide uh, radio drama anything but fits, okay? I, I do as <laughs> yeah, I'm <yeah>. told. <laughs> uh, so, so, yes, this other man, his name is Luca, and he is uh, basically running a taxi stand in that he mm-hmm. is extracting, uh, uh, like, protection fees and, like, you know, charging a premium for anyone who wants to park their taxi at the airport taxi stand because this is his territory. And he enforces it with an ancient Roman shovel. <laughs> yeah. SPQR yeah. is uh, engraved on the, the spade of the shovel here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like all <laughs> of the public works created by, like, the Roman fucking Senate. Yes. <laughs> yep. This I, is the I, shovel of Spartacus. Yeah, I remember looking this up because I never actually, like, checked up what that was when I watched the show the first time. So, yeah, while watching this, I looked it up and I was just like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because it's italy that's why because it's italy passed down from generation to generation always meant for taxi stands <laughs> uh so luca here uh his english voice actor plays panda in jujutsu kaisen mm-hmm. uh and his japanese voice uh is gauma in uh ssss dinazanon oh okay he's great in that i love him <laughs> yeah we we see that there's a guy at the airport trying to basically run his own like side taxi thing, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not paying any money to Luca here. And Luca like immediately finds out, drags this dude outside the airport and just starts smacking him upside the face with a shovel. Yes. Uh, trying to force this guy into paying him the, the protection fees and being roped into his greater business here. But he stops beating him to death in exchange for the name of the guy dealing behind his back, Giorno Giovanna. <laughs> yeah. And then he kills the guy anyway. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, there's a new arrival in Italy, it's Koichi. Koichi. And he's even smaller now. He's, he's become bitty. smaller. He's wheeling a, a luggage case with him, and it's two-thirds the size of him. Yes, yes. Basically. He could curl up inside it and just ride the plane in the overhead bin. Yeah. Do you think when Koichi and Yukako go out to restaurants together, he always goes for the kids' menu to save money? I think... Uh, uh, the waiter always brings out the booster seat and he gets really embarrassed. 
That's why they only go to the same places over and over again. He can't deal with this anymore. Yeah. Is it like when I was uh, 14 or 15 years old and uh, a big boy thought I was still uh, young enough that I needed crayons and a maze? <laughs> <laughs> that sucked. Now, you mean the, the big boy restaurant or a large boy? Like <laughs> <laughs> The big boy restaurant with a big boy in it. Me! <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Koichi is is extremely t- small. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, He's straining yeah. under the weight of this luggage as he pulls uh, as he exits the the terminal and starts heading toward the taxi stand where he sees Purple Man folding his entire external ear up inside itself and seems to be shoving his ear down his ear canal. <laughs> yeah, which is well, amazing. Before- the local uh, uh, like airport security guards and also makes yeah. Koichi go. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. God is sake. It's so good. Right before that happens, uh, Kuichi pulls out a photo of a person he's looking for, uh, someone with black hair named Haruno Shiobana. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he's got a mission coming here. I just love that wow, though. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, the, the ear tucking into the like ear canal animation is really good. <laughs> really well done it's really gross Uh, i'll say that it's really gross yeah like it goes all in on the the tiny uh uh, fine black lines that like Mm -hmm. define so much of what makes a jojo's face a jojo's face but using it like for the complex curvature of the back of an ear folded and twisted around it's oh boy (laughs) it's a lot yeah i really want to know if the animators like try to do reference for that to make it look right. Ugh. Like could they just have one another try to fold up their ears as much as humanly possible? <laughs> or maybe make like a model because it's an impossible thing to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just get some like foam rubber thing in a drinking glass and try to see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, both these cops are very impressed by that trick. And mm-hmm. then as they leave, Giorno here hands a carton of cigarettes to one of the cops like secretly yeah with some cash tucked inside yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and the cops are just like hey just don't get into any trouble out there and then they just walk off let him let, let let's let this guy do what he wants to do at the airport mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is immediately look at koichi and go like, hey dude you need a ride <laughs> And he does. So so they uh-huh. start hashing this out, and, and we see that uh, Koichi has uh, incredible fluency in the, the Italian language, because mm-hmm. he did get Heaven's Duolingo. <laughs> yes, yeah, he, Giorno here is just like, you speak really good Italian, and, and Koichi is just like, oh, my friend Rohan helped me, uh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but also, he has a really good command of exchange rates because he knows that uh, uh, the the like quote that Giorno is giving him for a ride into the city is highway fucking robbery. <laughs> yeah, he's asking for like one hundred eighty thousand lire or something, which is like it's like a hundred thousand yen. Yeah, yeah, because Koichi is like actually haggling this. Uh, we got Giorno here going like, okay, 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 like ten thousand lira. That's way. <laughs> That's a lot closer to a normal rate. Which comes out to like five bucks. This is dirt cheap. This is like suspiciously cheap. Yeah, but Koichi's still not buying it. He's just going to wait for a normal taxi. Oh, wait, there's a huge fucking line. (laughs) So, like, I I really love this initial exchange because it feels like the two of them are children playing at being tough guys with each other. (laughs) Yeah. Which they are. It's really accurate, actually. 
Mm-hmm. Koichi agrees to to this, the, the, and hey, it's like a flat fee. Uh, uh, he won't even uh, accept a tip, but for that sort of service, you you, you are going to put your your luggage in for me. And so Koichi's like, okay, yeah, whatever. So so he puts the bag in the car and closes the door. And when he uh, uh, moves to the other door to, to climb in and take a seat, car speeds off. Ha ha ha! Jorno has scammed yep. this tourist. And Koichi just sits there for a second and just like, huh? And those two cops from earlier are just like, basically talking very loudly, mm-hmm. but still like acting like they're talking secretly about how, man, that kid's going to get scammed so hard. <laughs> it's your job. It's your job. Okay, you did take a, a payoff. Okay, but still, come on. Mm-hmm. At least act like it's your job. Mm-hmm. So Koichi just goes like, ah, damn it. Well, anyways, uh, time for reverb, and he just uses Act 3 to just push this car hard into the concrete so it can't drive away. So, uh, uh, Giorno, thinking that his his car has just broken down mysteriously, gets out and runs, and Koichi goes back to up to, to the front seat of the taxi, opens the door to get his luggage, which has become a goo egg. <laughs> Yes. An egg covered in slime. And as Koichi reaches towards this egg, which does have like all the stickers his luggage had mm-hmm. like, on the mm-hmm. little goo egg, as his hand reaches towards it, uh, it hatches it's, and it becomes like a gross little thing and it verily, very quickly grows and develops into a frog, a normal frog, and it jumps out of the car and just hops away. Sure, and fine, whatever. And again, <laughs> Koichi makes incredible noises when this frog jumps on him. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they're really good. They're really good. While, also, while the, the cops were gossiping earlier, they were like gossiping exposition about Giorno. Yes. Uh, saying like, basically talking about how much he scams people and that Japanese kid doesn't know what's coming and... Uh, mm-hmm, then mm-hmm. they're just like they wouldn't even you wouldn't be able to tell that Joro himself is Japanese. <laughs> well, half half Japanese. <laughs> yeah, why not? Sure, why not? And, <laughs> and so now Luca has come face to face with Jorno in order to talk about their uh, uh, business interests, and this yes. is the first time that Jorno's name and face have really been put together, mm-hmm. like. It's been hinted at so heavily we've been rolling with it, but th- this is where it actually becomes, yeah. if you haven't caught it by now, the, the Giorno they're talking about and this guy, they are the same guy. Yep. Now, uh, we, we've heard his English voice before, as mentioned, as Yuya in part four. Yes. But Giorno's Japanese voice uh, uh, plays Hathaway Noah in last year's Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Actually, like, uh, uh, the, the cast of Gundam Hathaway is all up in part five. Oh, man. We will be hearing about that more as time goes on. Nice. So, yeah, we've got Luca here. Uh, but also, Jorna's Japanese vo- uh, voice is the official dub actor for Daniel Radcliffe, more importantly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> it's, it's always fun to hear about official voice actors for, like, Hollywood celebrities. <laughs> Uh, do you think they, I mean, I guess first they have to even notice, I wonder if that's true, but, uh, do they see that as, like, a sign that you've really made it? Like, I'm making so many movies that, uh, uh, foreign film industries have to have a guy that is me. I wonder. I mean, I guess you do have to be important enough to get an official voice actor for you. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's got to be a lot of actors that don't get that. 
Right. Yeah. And also, there like there's only so many voice actors. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Luca here is is there's like a little park near this airport or whatever, and and Luca's just telling Giorno like, hey, follow me, come mm-hmm, take a mm-hmm. seat. We have to talk. So they start, they get to know each other. Luca asks how old Giorno is, and he says 15 and change, and I say, bullshit, you are 22 years old. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. And Luca here starts talking about, hey, okay, well, we need to be good friends. And mm-hmm. uh, to be good friends, there, there, are three, uh, there are three things you got to follow, three rules. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, you don't lie to each other. Uh, yes. N- no, like, resentment. No disrespect to your friend. And by disrespect, he means not paying up. Yep. Uh, there, There is a significant, but I think fun and not terribly important sub-dub difference here. Yeah. Because in the subtitles, it's it's the three no's, but in uh, the dub, it's the three T's of like trust. And I forget what the second one is, but it's essentially equivalent. And the third is uh, a tribute or taxes or yeah, whatever. Yeah, it's tribute. And making them, like, alliterative positives rather than three, like, thou shalt not commandments is, I mean, it, it goes to show that, you know, translation is an art and there are many valid things. Because I, mm. I can't I can't put one of these on top of, uh, uh, above the other. They're just like, yeah, I, both I get good. it. Yeah. <laughs> They're both good monologues. Yeah. Luca here is, is listing off these three, three tenants and Giorno's just like, okay, and why am I here? <laughs> And Luca immediately gets pissed off, puts like the handle up of his shovel up against Giorno's face, and mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I fucking caught you, dude! You are taking side gigs at the airport and not paying me any money. I haven't received any of the tributes you should be giving me. So in that case, we cannot be friends. Give me your fucking wallet, dude. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna take some money." Giorno's just like, "Sorry, dude, I don't got any fucking money." He, he hands over his wallet. Luca opens it up and sees no money. But what he does see uh-huh. is a picture of Dio. Not just any picture of Dio, but the exact picture that Joseph karate chopped in that cafe back at the beginning of part three. Yep. How did he get How that did, picture? It's At some point, Dio thought, damn, that's actually a really fucking good photo of me. I should get one of my, <laughs> one myself. Yeah. Just do the pose like this. Hey, Kenny G, br- bring me a Polaroid. <laughs> Kenny G, bring me a Polaroid. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we, we see that close-up of Dio in, in Giorno's wallet, which like, hmm. And Luca is real pissed off. Like, I need some fucking money. And Giorno just keeps saying, I don't have any money. Don't make me say it a third time. And this is when Luca just takes a huge swing at Giorno with his shovel. Mm-hmm. By the way, we should s- I forget, have they already said it, what Luca's full title is? I don't think so. I mean, it, it gets explained later. We, we can talk about it now because we've mm. seen it a few times. Yeah. This dude is always crying out of his right eye. Yeah. Like tears are constantly swelling up out of his right eye. And so there are times when you think like he's just really emotional. But no, he has a physical like health condition. <laughs> yes. His full title is Leaky Eye Luca. Uh, and this dude refers to himself in the third person yes sometimes he calls himself leaky eye luca <laughs> yeah not a title he came up for himself but it is a title that like strikes fear in, into the hearts of those who would defy him uh, uh specifically defy him his tribute so 
Yeah. So around now, when the beating is supposed to start, the frog reappears. Yes, the frog from earlier that was Koichi's luggage jumps out of a sewer grate. Yeah, it com- comes up to say hi to Giorno, and like Luca's like, get get rid of that frog. I don't I don't like it. Get, get that frog out of here. <laughs> yeah. He's... And Giorno replies, No, the frog has nothing to do with this. <laughs> yeah. And, and it just becomes this big like argument here that's not only pay me money but also that fucking frog i fucking don't like it get rid of it i hate that frog get the the frog is climbing up your body get rid of the frog i hate it and giorno is just like this frog is a living creature with his own will i cannot make the frog do anything (laughs) it thinks for itself So, so okay, things we know about Giorno. Four hours to do his hair in the morning every day. We yes. know this. Yep. Hates to repeat himself. This is also a recurring bit. And uh, uh, believes in, in like, the right of self-determination for all living things, including frogs. <laughs> yeah. That, that is his, like, animating philosophy. Yeah. Luca's getting more and more pissed off, and Giorno's just like, I would not hit me with that shovel i wouldn't do that i wouldn't swing at the frog either don't don't do that and luca gets so pissed off he eventually swings like at the frog and giorno mm-hmm. just like i'm fucking sick which is of this. just like on giorno's gut basically yeah and so he swings and he makes contact with with giorno's gut here where the frog is also hanging out and after a brief pause oh yeah did we mention he has a huge gut he's big gut <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it's really unusual for a JoJo's character yeah. in general, let alone a protagonist. He, he's slender and buff everywhere else, but the gut is big. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, the, the shovel hits him in the stomach, and after a brief pause, Giorno just says, I told you to fucking stop, dude, and the frog peeks out from around the shovel completely unharmed. While Luca passes out cold, and at some point, Giorno's coat came unzipped. I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, the the camera pans around uh, Luca, and we can see the back of his head has been absolutely caved in, and is also <laughs> bearing the the engraving of his shovel mm-hmm, <laughs> on the back of his skull. So that brings us to our mid episode title card, uh, showing the great cities of Italy. Hooray! Yeah. Oh no, there is one more thing right before the title card, though, because yeah, while getting hit by the shovel, it somehow caused his like coat he's wearing to unzip and we can see because one collar is sagging down now we can see he has the joe star star birthmark on like his shoulder mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. But yeah after he says like hey i warned you again make me say it over and over again and you just didn't believe me as he turns around he th- tosses the frog up into the air and it morphs into koichi's suitcase <laughs> <laughs> So so after uh, uh, our title card, we, we go back to a, a flashback, I guess, some indeterminate time ago, mm-hmm. and Jotaro is wearing the best jacket I've seen in my life. <laughs> yes, yes. It's so cool. It's, it's like an updated version of his part four jacket, but man, it's cool. But like a lot of like colored highlights that his all white look really didn't like, you know... <laughs> Yeah. You, you think Jotaro and Seto Kaiba shop at the same store? I don't know. <laughs> it's starting to look like it a bit. 
<laughs> but yeah, he he's got the the huge collars like his old school uniform, but it's white but with gold buttons going down. Only buttoned at the very top though. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And yeah, he's got like these green like pipings going across like the ribs of it. It's cool looking. It's really really fucking good. And he's talking to Koichi about Koichi's mission that we found him in the middle of. Yes. There's a dude, the dude in Koichi's picture, uh, uh, that Jotaro wants a skin sample from, mm-hmm. so the Speedwagon Foundation can perform a paternity test. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> we're pretty sure, at this point, in now like 2000, 2001, that Dio fucked. Dio fucked. <laughs> Dio may have fucked. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's, it's time to figure out if this guy is Dio's son. Because, mm-hmm. you know, children of Dio, that sounds really fucking bad. It sounds like something you might want to keep an eye on, I guess. As we all and know, s- ba- babies can be born inherently evil. And, and- if that's a, a genetic inheritable trait, my God. My God. There's a bad baby about <laughs> who's no longer a baby. He's 15 and change. Anything could happen. Yeah. And so we are sending the the sound power child for this to to go find a guy and, and, I don't know, get a cheek swab out of him or something. I love Jotaro has, like, the Speedwagon Foundation at his disposal, but, like, his most trusted Uh ally is fucking Koichi now. Like, (laughs) I don't know if Koichi works for the Speedwagon Foundation in any way now or if he's just, like, an agent for Jotaro only. At least for this, he's got to have some sort of arrangement to get him, like, school credit or something. Yeah, yeah. I love that Koichi is just down to do this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> All he's got to do is listen to another one of Rohan's weird stories just so he can learn the language, and he's gone. Mm-hmm. He gets an all-expenses-paid trip to Italy, hell yes. Yeah. And you know the kind of hotels that Jotaro pays for. Yeah. We saw it for a whole season. Yeah. This is going to be dope. Just don't get robbed. <laughs> uh, whoop. Screwed up. Screwed up on the first <laughs> test. Uh, so so Jorno is hanging out at a like a, a open air cafe, the sort of place that uh, uh, JoJo's characters love to hang out. They apparently, love it. they love it. And he's being mobbed by three waitresses, hot for teenager. Mm-hmm. And Koichi's walking down the street looking for a hotel, and he he spots Jorno, and he's just like, "Hey, what the fuck?" And he just starts running, <laughs> just like pounding the table and pointing at him, like, "Give me my shit back." <laughs> And and Giorno here is just like, sorry, I sold all of it already. Yeah, even his passport, I guess. Mm -hmm. What's a Japanese passport run you on the black market? I I mean, Giorno would know, I suppose. Yeah, and so as Giorno tries to run off, Koichi uses three freeze to to nail nail Giorno's hand down onto the table, breaking the table in the process, just like with Kira in part four. And as his hand is being weighed down, Giorno's just like, oh, shit, does someone else have a power like I do? Fuck. And so, uh, uh, as you know, he he is pulled down to the pavement by the incredible force of weight. Uh, he just punches the ground with his gold experience, mm-hmm. and and uh, uh, plants the seed of vitality to to grow a tree and lift him to safety. Yeah. So let's talk about gold experience. Gold experience looks like an idol worshipped by a rollerblading cult. <laughs> yeah. That's all I have to say about it. Yeah. As his, its name suggests it is basically entirely golden. This mm-hmm, is the mm-hmm. first uh, main JoJo stand that is very slim. Like, it's still got yes. muscles, but it's very lean and, and, and slim. 
Yeah, it looks like it's wearing some type of bicycling or rollerblading helmet. Uh, it's got Hierophant Green's eyes, basically. It's got little wings on its shoulders, like not actual wings, just like wing medallions, but kind of mm-hmm. big. And yeah, it's just it's gold all around. Like the big buttons that Jorno has on his outfit, those are also on his stand. It, it is named for the Prince album, The Gold Experience. Uh, however, at the time, it wasn't a Prince album, technically. That This was during the unpronounceable symbol era. Mm. Uh, so so there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff with all the, the trouble uh, Prince was having with uh, uh, their, their management and the record label. And it's, it's a fascinating story for another show. I do encourage <laughs> people to check it out. Yeah. Uh, and also, The Gold Experience was released three months before Part 5 began publishing. Oh, wow. Gotta be one of the most, like, contemporary uh, music mm-hmm. references in JoJo's, especially to be one that we're going to be seeing practically every episode, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, in the English dub, they just turned it, changed it to Golden Wind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which they sort of justify with, like, I mean, it's close, yes, but it's... Golden is a reference to this song, and Wind is from this other song. Like, okay, but you just kind of named it after the part. Yeah. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Why not name it after a song from the Gold Experience? Why not call Jorno Stand Pussy Control? (laughs) Man, that would be a good stand name. (laughs) And it already implies its power. Oh, okay. Well, we haven't seen all this can do, I guess. Koichi barely sees Gold Experience punch the ground with the seed mm-hmm, of life. Mm-hmm. And Koichi's like, what the fuck was that? And he <laughs> runs around the corner to see where Giorno has gone. And yeah, there's a tiny chunk of the, the sidewalk on the side, like in this little alley that's been cut out. And with the small bit of exposed soil underneath, a tiny thin tree is growing. And Giorno's just mm-hmm. riding it up to the top of the building. And it's this long, thin tree. The, the way it branches and the way it's so spindly, it looks more like, I don't know, a, a mathematical diagram yes. that's called like so-and-so's tree than an actual tree. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, he, he's being lifted away from it and Koichi's like, hey, get, get the fuck back down here. And he three freezes uh, uh, the tree to try to like bend it. But instead, just like the, the shovel strike on the frog, it reflects onto him. Yep. So one of the hang-on effects of Golden Experience, I guess, is that any attack done to a life created by it is reflected back on the attacker, sort of the lover style. Yeah, yes. Okay. Yep. Sure. <laughs> Giorno, like, while he's riding up this tree, he just tells Koichi, like, hey, you shouldn't bother with things that are just going to be, like, pointless. Just do something actually useful. <laughs> and he just runs away. On the, mm-hmm. the roof of this building. Again, very upset that he keeps repeating himself that yeah. he cannot pay Koichi back for all the stolen uh, uh, stuff. Yeah. Giorno gets away. He just walks away after dropping down into a different alleyway. Uh, and we get like our title card here where we get to see gold experience with its stats and all that doing a sassy pose but uh so many of our title cards have some sort of animated flourish like this this is revealed behind like a spinning coin wipe that's fun yeah the spinning coin is the the thing that has like the stats like stamped on it yeah it does a lot of that and he's got pretty poor stats like for a jojo's stand yeah really really bad actually yeah two a's and everything else and three c's and one d like yeah not not great as we've talked about before like the further and further we get into jojo parts the less 
powerful physically stands will get in general, mm-hmm. uh, or usually at least. So yeah, like golden experience, not the strongest of stands, like <laughs> punch wise. So one more thing about gold experience design mm-hmm. is he's got a big cod piece. <laughs> it looks like a cod piece. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Anyways. So uh, uh, back in it, uh, Koichi is like reporting back to base. He, he's calling up Jotaro on the phone, who is in his office. Oh, my his God. His incredible office. Oh, my God, his office. <laughs> it is full of fish. Fish, more fish, aquarium of fish, books about fish, and framed starfish on the walls. Yes. Like a lot of them. And a turtle. Is this like if Jane Goodall's office was like <laughs> surrounded by like stuffed gorilla heads on the walls? I love Jotaro's office because it tells me he likes decorating. Yeah. No one else put this up to- together. Like this, Jotaro spent a couple hours <laughs> decorating his office like this. Mm-hmm, also, he mm-hmm. just has like tanks of oxygen tucked in the corner. Well, yeah, for for his expeditions, yeah. but I I think that anytime he describes a new undiscovered species of starfish, he does mount one, and so mm-hmm. he's up to like five at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Koichi reporting in, and he's he's saying like, "Hey, so I've been looking for that guy. You know, I've mm-hmm. got this photo of, but that kid's got black hair. But I met a dude." named Giorno Giovanna and he's got a fucking stand and it's like you said that stand users are pulled towards each other because like I met this dude the instant I got off the plane like <laughs> instantly and then found him again by random chance yeah like hey his stand's got these powers and all of this he looks just like the guy in the picture but blonde yeah and Koichi has also mentioned that the guy in the picture at least looks kind of like Jotaro yeah yeah huh uh. And Koichi is just like, hey, so I was like asking around about that Giorno guy and people say he didn't dye his hair blonde. It just turned blonde pretty recently <laughs> and that he may have inherited it from his deceased father. And this is where we actually learned that Jotaro thinks maybe Dio had a son mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, as Jotaro is saying, well, I kind of may have killed his dad in the past. And as he's doing this, he's holding up a framed photo, which we see is the photo that he took with all of his pals right at the start of the Egypt arc of Stardust Crusaders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's still got that photo. What, one of the five smiles in his life. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Jotaro says like, yeah, might be Dio's kid. Dio may have fucked. And Coach is like, ah, <laughs> fuck. Like the bow and arrow Dio? No, a man. And there's just like a rush of of like flashback reuse shots, like the arrow. I think Kakuin dying is in here. Like a lot, a lot of stuff from the yeah, past we, two we see, uh, uh, parts. We see, yeah, we see Keicho. We see the part where Koichi got shot in the throat with the arrow. <laughs> yeah, he's got bad arrow memories. Yeah, except it seemed like he didn't m- remember it when he woke up, so maybe he doesn't. Yeah, Jotaro just really wants to make sure. A son of Dio isn't going to be a horrible monster that they need to kill right now. <laughs> and it's just like, quote, at least in the Japanese subs, I want to see if he's inherited Dio's body. <laughs> <laughs> Even Dio didn't have Dio's body. What are the odds? Yeah, that's that is fucking Jonathan's body, bro. <laughs> Which does make me wonder. It, it basically comes down to this. Okay, if evilness comes down through blood or whatever... It's a genetic thing. Babies, babies can be born evil. Mm-hmm. When Dio stole Jonathan's body, 
was it still Jonathan's balls down there, or did it become <laughs> Dio's balls? <laughs> this matters. Well, <laughs> I've been thinking about this question. And I think it's important to note that if we're respecting past continuity, and when it comes to Dio suddenly reappearing uh, in later parts, we don't have to do that. But if we are, <laughs> uh-huh. it's important to remember that when uh, this child is meant to have been conceived, it was well, well before Dio had perfect control over Jonathan's body. Right, right. This was before the Stardust Crusaders began to assemble yeah. and start heading west. Yeah. So l- let alone once he had been like meditating on his like burned index fingers or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is early resurrected Dio days where where Jonathan was at his most like resistive. Yeah. Including his balls. That's that's what I mean to say. <laughs> Resistant balls. Uh <laughs> So who knows? Maybe Jonathan's genetic material is still hanging around. Maybe it's half Jonathan, half Dio sperm. <laughs> but yeah, Jotaro's just like, okay, well, if his hair oh turned... My, I don't want to know what kind of fucking Hamon temple trading gives you resistant balls, but... Oh, it's... but I know Papa Zeppeli was into it. Yeah, it's just... It's it's like when Zeppeli punched the frog. You place your balls on a stone, and then he punches <laughs> your balls on the stone a whole bunch. <laughs> oh, man. Arena learned some stuff on their wedding night, I swear. <laughs> oh, my God. It's the only way anything's going to happen with Jonathan now. Like, <laughs> I brought an anvil with me. <laughs> and I'm going to poke you with my pinky so you can do some hormone breathing, and then you're going to just punch. You're going to wail away. Young Joseph talking to Smokey like, yeah, whenever Granny Arena looks at a bird, she just sighs <laughs> and, and says something about crushing men's balls. I don't understand. <laughs> if Joseph knew about that technique, it would just be like a weird version of the sleeper for him or something. like. <laughs> uh, anyways, yeah. So, just- so Jordo's going to the funicular. <laughs> Oh man, funiculars! Hell yeah, funiculare centrale. I I was curious, like which or, or like if there is a funicular in uh, um Naples, and yeah. obviously there is because obviously Iraqi would care about that too. Yeah, yeah. But but like the pictures you find just searching it were clearly photo reference for the animation. Like it is <laughs> the exact exact one. <laughs> nice, nice. But yeah, as, as we see Giorno walking up to this funicular, we still have a tiny bit more, like, narration coming from Jotaro here. Yeah, the, these scenes are happening, like, th- this is happening in parallel with the uh, uh, phone call at the same time. Yeah, and Jotaro thinks, okay, well, if Giorno's hair has turned blonde recently, there must be some type of catalyst to activate some of, like, Dio's blood in him or something. Maybe he got his stand pretty recently, too. And, like, just trying to just spitballing, maybe another strong stand user is nearby, and that's what, like, triggered this in him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as Jotaro says, strong stand user, another figure is, is following Jorno several <laughs> steps behind. So he's chilling out in his little train car, get, getting pulled up to, to the higher elevation part of town. And then there, there's a little coin on the ground, and there's this huge sweeping rotating shot of this dude with a bob cut picking yep. up the coin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This dude with the bob cut. He's in a basically a white suit with uh big 
like just before his shoulders, all the way down his front, uh, or not all the way down, like down to his nipples, basically, are giant zippers, gold zippers. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And like the side of his sleeves have zippers, and he's got like a repeating pattern of little black like teardrops. Yeah, yeah, or, or the sort of like black spots in white that I associate with like Henry the Eighth, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's got these little gold baubles on his head, like he's going <laughs> to pilot an Eva or something. Yes, I don't know what's up with that. They're in that exact spot. I, I'm wondering if they're like little hair clips. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think they're fashionable hair clips. Well, whatever they are, he's rocking them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, he's got a wide open che- uh, uh, lapel revealing a bare chest or nearly bare because he has this like lacy uh, uh, undershirt just yeah. barely edging around the bottom of the big open cutout chest. Yeah. If you can't tell from the way we're describing these two guys' outfits, this is the most fashion JoJo has been so far. <laughs> this is all <laughs> stuff I feel you would see on a runway at some point. And, and like the high concept runway shit that eventually filters out into things rich people can buy eventually. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, so this guy, his English voice has been several JoJo's characters through like parts two and three and four. Mm. I don't remember what I said about him back then. So I'm just going to add, he was all, he recently voiced, uh, the DJ in Licorice Pizza. <laughs> okay. And is also Master of Masters in Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, fuck. Okay. That's where I know him from. <laughs> great but his japanese voice oh i was excited to see this uh he is graham acker in gundam double o moomin rider in one punch man okay okay and the official dub voice for both chris evans and liam hemsworth wow this is japan's captain america right here damn i'm gonna say like you know when i watched this show the first time there was no english dub yet and i think this guy's japanese voice actor is really good he was, he always stood out to me as being really fucking good and like probably enjoying voicing this character too. Well, so do all the Japanese Hunger Games fans. They love him. They they can't get enough of this guy. <laughs> yeah. So this guy has picked up this coin and he just looks at Jorno here and he's just like, Is this yours? Is this your coin? Yeah. And mm-hmm. Jorno's just like, What nope. if what if it was a briefcase of like a billion lira? What would, would what would you do then? Huh? Let let's talk about like let's talk about hypothetical morality, huh? Mm-hmm. Huh? It's like, hey, if you found that much money, would you give it back? Uh, and Jorno's just like, no, I'd fucking take that money, dude. This guy is just like, wow, that's pretty that's pretty honest of you. If I were a what if I were a plain clothes quote unquote plain clothes cop? No one is wearing plain clothes. <laughs> no. What if I were a cop and I, I and you know I saw you take that and Jonas is like, well, I'd pay, I'd split the money with you and we'd go our our separate ways. Hey, did you know pe- when people lie, they get real sweaty? <laughs> yeah, this guy is loving this, and yeah, he's just like, okay, you you're not joking, you're not bluffing. I can tell because yeah, you're not sweating, and uh, sweat when people lie tastes different. I know, I taste sweat. <laughs> I lick it up. (laughs) So then he starts talking about what he really wants to talk about. What happened to Leaky Eye Luca and how nobody knows what he was even doing at the airport that day. I know what he was doing. He works there. That's his crime turf. (laughs) I would be surprised if he was anywhere but the airport that day. Yeah. And he's like, okay, we found Leaky Eye Luca with uh, his head caved in, and he's still alive, but he's probably going to be, like, brain dead or something. But just trying to find out if someone, uh, you know, bashed this dude's head in at the airport. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Did you do it? And Jorno's just like, are you a cop? 
<laughs> but of course not. He's the opposite of a cop. He's a mafioso, just like Leaky Eye Luca was. And their shared boss is after who, you know, did this to Luca in order to, like, restore respect to the organization. You know? You, you, yeah. Nobody liked this guy. He sucked. He, but, you know, a, a, an attack on one of us is, is an attack on, on the whole structure, and we can't have that. And so this guy is getting up in Giorno's face, like grabbing him by the wrist and just like really grilling him like, hey, did you fucking, did you do this? Are you the guy? And Giorno's just like, no. And there's just this long pause of both of them just being completely stone faced and like the camera zooming in real close as this guy keeps moving his face closer and closer to Giorno. And he's just like, okay, you're, you're telling the truth. Bye. <laughs> and he leaves. I love the the uh, soundtrack but while the tension is building. It's a lot of ominous people going, uh... Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, attention chorus. Yeah. And so this guy's just like, well, okay. Yeah, you're not, you're telling the truth then. Anyways, bye. And he gets off at the next stop. And then Giorno notices a human eyeball in his hand. It wasn't there a second ago. I yep. rewound. That hand was empty just a second ago. Yeah. And so, of course, Giorno gets freaked out that there's a human eyeball in his hand. And, like, my hand was closed the whole time. How the fuck did it get there? And then this guy uh, immediately appears <laughs> right behind Giorno on the other side of the window of this funicular. And he sticks his head in through the open window and then just gives a big old lick on Giorno's face. He's like, ah, you're fucking lying. I gotcha. This tastes like the sweat of a liar. <laughs> so he, he finally introduces himself, Bruno Bucciarati. And he informs Giorno that we've already progressed from questioning to torture. <laughs> yes. And that's when Giorno pukes up some fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yup. Five fingers just get puked out all over the floor. Bruno, like, decks him across the, decks Giorno across the face. Yeah, he tells him, you know, there, there's more where that came from. Quote, I can fit almost anything inside your mouth. Uh, yeah. I don't have to check the tags on AO3 to know where this is going for some people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then zippers appear on Giorno's face and start to open up uh, portals to the purple zone. <laughs> yes. And Bruno here is just like, by the way, that eyeball and those fingers were Leaky Eye Lucas. Uh, fucking, he's not still alive. Like, our boss just killed him and chopped him up into pieces. Like, Also, maybe you should get tested. I don't know where he's been. And and Jorno's just like, ah, oh, fuck, is this dude like that Japanese tourist? Who, do a whole bunch of people got powers like me? This sucks. Uh <laughs> And so, so the big cliffhanger is Giorno stealing himself to, to stand up and for the first time ever fight someone with golden experience. Yeah. And yeah, as, as we get this cliffhanger, like the zippers are advancing more and more on Giorno's body. It's like from his face all the way down to like his clavicle is just unzipped and there's just a purple void <laughs> inside mm -hmm, of there. Mm -hmm. So in addition to uh, expanding on the design of Jotaro's office, there are two other uh, anime manga differences I wanted to highlight. Okay. Being the first episode, there were a lot of little things for, you know, doing everything a first episode has to do, cutting mm -hmm. out a, a lot of little bits here and there uh, uh, to, to, to make that all work. Two in particular that I miss are Koichi's narration about the year being 2001 and how humans already traveled all the way to Jupiter what? in 2001, A Space Odyssey. Okay. <laughs> For a second, I was going to go, what? <laughs> 
And also, we removed Act uh, Act Three's uh, uh, good old reliable catchphrases of "beach" and "shit." Ah, dang! What a shame. <laughs> uh, so, Episodio Two Bucciarati is coming again. I don't have to check the tags, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, we start with our first OP. Yep. Which begins with a Renaissance statue and blood and chains and lots and lots and lots of chains through the whole thing. There's a lot of chains. Oh, yeah. A lot of chains. And a whole lot of people I don't know yet mm-hmm. doing action poses and showing off their stands I don't know yet. And like maybe the references are subtler than usual. But for mm-hmm. now, at least, I look at this and I think this is much less dense than I expected JoJo's there, opening to be. There are definitely a lot of references in this. But yeah, they're pretty damn subtle this time around. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this time... Like, even though there's more than one OP, I can't point out, like, almost any of them until the very fucking end of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, the, the song for this OP is Fighting Gold. Uh, when it kicks in, like, to the really, like, intense part, it's pretty good. It's just the part where everyone jumps out on the screen and does shit with their stands. Uh, but visually, this, this OP looks really cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm not, like... As a trained viewer, you yeah. know, uh, uh, when there were new, like, part four OPs, I'm like, oh, I, that's going to be a thing. That's going to be, I I don't mm-hmm. know what that is, but I bet I'm going to understand it, you know, in a few weeks. Yeah. I didn't get that feeling so much this time. Yeah. I don't know. The, the stuff's there, but it's a lot more hidden this time around. So uh, we begin with the narrator giving us a flashback slideshow, <laughs> beginning with Giorno sitting on a wall of Giorno uh, graffiti as we fall back through time to Giorno's childhood. Yep. The narrator immediately introduces Giorno with like, yo, this guy's dad is Dio. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. You know, like 15 years ago, Dio was fucking around in Italy. And he decided to let one of his meals live. Congratulations, lady. And why? Don't know. No one knows the details. (laughs) And then the narrator immediately goes on to say, Giorno's mom was fucking hot, but she sucked as a parent. (laughs) She she would go out and, and she loves the nightlife. She's got to boogie, uh, uh, leaving her two-year-old baby home alone all night. Yep. With its giant baby eyes. Oh, its baby eyes are huge. Toddler Giorno is half eyes. Yep. And he's got like a bowl cut. What a shame. <laughs> so So when he was four years old, though, Mama settles down with an abusive stepdad who beats him. Hooray. God damn it. So, so, okay, we got an absent mother, abusive father. He's got a lot of self-loathing to deal with, even at age four. Yep. He is a little Dio. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm calling it right now. The, the life of Giorno is the Dio redemption AU. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Giorno's shitty dad beats him with a belt, uh, doesn't feed him that much, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is very clearly involved in crime, as you can see in this... Uh, a scene where his dad is just counting big wads of cash and putting it in a little safe box. But he puts on the, the face of, you know, the the warm, uh, uh, proper papa in public. Yeah. Which is is important in, like, the wedding scene when he's, like, trying, come on, little Giorno, get, get in the wedding pictures. But behind closed doors, it was beatings o'clock, you know? Yeah. yeah. Giorno as a kid got bullied by, by other kids. Life is bad for the little guy. Yeah, it sucks. But yeah, one yeah. day, something happens in Giorno's life that 
quote unquote saves him, as the narrator says. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's walking around the streets, uh, uh, passing by an alley where he sees a guy who looks like he's about to bleed to death. Yeah, just kind of tucked away in an alley uh, in the shade. Just, yeah, just bleeding to death. And a whole bunch of other men in suits, very clearly mafioso, are asking this little kid, like, hey, have you seen this guy around? He's tall. He's got, you know, this color hair, blah, blah, blah. And Giorno just points in the opposite direction of this dude who's bleeding out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, like, completely stone-faced, no fear. And and the guy that he found is hidden more and more because the weeds around him are growing at an incredible accelerated rate. Yes. Due to the unconscious influence of a sort of embryonic golden experience. Yes. This guy that uh, Giorno saves, who eventually kind of becomes a, an actual father figure. To, yeah, he, to he's his fairy godfather, you know, smoothing things out from afar. Once he's back up on his feet in a few months, all those neighborhood bullies, they love hanging out with Giorno. They save him seats in the movie theater. The the guy running the gelato stand sneaks him extra scoops. And his dad knows not to lay a fucking hand on this kid ever <laughs> yep. again. Yup. Every, everything changes. And it like this gangster is like seen just looming in the background sometimes. And everyone knows this guy. And, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the aura he exudes to, like, don't fucking mess with this little kid, you'll die. And the narrator wants us to understand that the, the relationship was one between peers mm-hmm. in, like, the mind of this mafioso. That, like, that kid isn't a kid I'm responsible for. That man is my brother. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't care if he's five years old. That is a grown man in my eyes, and, and we are equals. yeah. Like, every time we see this guy, you never see his face in full. His eyes are always mm-mm, mm-mm. in shade from the, the hat he's wearing. He's basically always yeah. kind of at a distance. I think... Yeah? I think he's just Jigen from Lupin the Third. <laughs> he does kind of look like that a little bit. I, like, if he was a little more mysterious. Yeah, and he didn't have any facial hair. Like, that scrub. Well, yeah, he's undercover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he does kind of have that Jigen look to him, for sure. He really does. Like, in my mind, I was surprised that you said he had no facial hair. Like, are you sure? sure? (laughs) Yeah. I'm pretty sure he has a fucking, like, ski jump for a beard. Uh, Yeah. But there's, like, one day where where Kid Giorno is walking down the road, and there's, like, some gunshots or something. Clearly, someone in an alley is getting murdered right now. Mm Mm-hmm. This this guy who's been looking out for Giorno comes out along with another guy. The the narrator says like, "Hey, the, this this gangster always tried to make sure that Giorno never gets involved in any mafia shit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He he wants to protect him from that life. And a little kid comes running out with a fucking gun, and it's the kid <laughs> of the guy this gangster just murdered." Yeah, yeah, and he's like, hey, I'm gonna, you killed my dad, I'm gonna kill you right back, and the dude's like, your dad was a fucking piece of shit, he sold drugs to kids, I'm glad he's dead, you should be glad he's dead, go home, idiot. Yeah, and this kid is struggling to fire off around here. He can't do it, he collapses, as our our hero mafioso just walks away from the vengeance child, and uh, uh, that is why. Giorno wants to live the mafia life. Yep. He will become the greatest of the heroic, noble, white hat mafiosos. Mm-hmm. Like the narrator says that Giorno, as he was growing up, he saw many people like suffering and all that, and he wants to become a gangster 
to uh, essentially protect the people that police won't mm-hmm, mm-hmm. by doing good crimes. Giorno Giovanna is Johnny Dangerously. <laughs> <laughs> As we, we learn that, uh, we snap back to the present and, yeah, Bucciarati. Oh, yeah, the face licking. Yeah, 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 yeah the giving, face licking. Giving Giorno a good old lick, reintroducing himself again. Uh, and, yeah, it's, it's time to fight. Now, Giorno here has never... Never once used golden experience yeah. to to give a, a a life punch to something that was n- that is already alive, let alone a person. Yeah, he has no idea what he can do in a fight, but it's time to find out. <laughs> yep. By the way, there's a real good bit here where Jorno's like just dealing with the fact that part of his body has been unzipped, and he just reaches his hand inside, and it's yeah, he could just put his whole hand inside his body. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It goes to the purple zone. So yeah, it's we get a little bit of explanation about his stand in in Giorno's mind and his thoughts. He can give life to inanimate objects, and then he's just like, "Don't fucking know what happens when I punch something that's living." Uh, time to punch. <laughs> so uh, uh, Bruno here, as is common in early uh, uh, JoJo's parts, I guess, mm-hmm. is pretty sure he's the only one guy around with a stand here today. So yep. he gets sucker punched square in the chest by gold experience, uh, uh, just completely unawares. Yeah. And now he is faster and stronger than before. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's become supercharged, super powered. He's like crushing handrails because he's like too strong for his own good. And he's uh, weaving and dodging blows. It's like the whole world has slowed to a still because his brain is so full of life juice. <laughs> yeah. At least that's what he thinks. <laughs> yes. This part is so wild. Because he is so full of life juice, his his mind is supercharged to the point that he's having an out-of-body experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a part where, like, okay, so Bruno, yeah, crushes the handrail while getting up. He's like, whoa, I'm fucking strong. He dodges a bunch of gold experiences punches, like, doing, like, crazy anime teleport dodges. Mm-hmm. And there's a bit where... He goes to punch Giorno, and his body just passes clean through through Giorno. <laughs> and he stumbles and turns around, and he goes, what the fuck's happening? And then he sees himself across the way, still facing Giorno, moving at, like, slow motion speed. And he's like, what the fuck is going on? What the fuck? <laughs> what? So, so, yeah, his perception is so supercharged that he has uh, uh, astrally projected... <laughs> Leaving his body totally vulnerable to the big Matrix 3 punch to the face? Yeah, he sees his actual body about to get punched in slow motion, and he goes like, Oh, fuck! I'm gonna get punched! And so he runs towards himself to try and stop it from happening, and no, he gets punched in slow motion. You see his face flopping around, and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. then his like astral-projected form disappears the instant he gets punched. (laughs) And a tooth flies out. Yes, yes. So that brings us to uh, our our title card of Bruno's stand here with uh, no picture, no stats, just a a silhouette with with some highlights uh, showing off its musculature. (laughs) And, you know, while this fight is happening, there are a couple other passengers and they're like, what the fuck are you two doing? I'm calling the cops. Uh, Jorno assures them, hey, hey, no, nobody here is going to get hurt. It's just uh, uh, me and this guy. Y'all can calm down. It's fine. It's fine. So, so he has won round one. And as Bruno pulls himself together, it is clear that each of them is willing to kill the other today. <laughs> yeah. 
And so now Bruno summons fully, fully visible for the first time, Sticky Fingers. Sticky Fingers. Localized as Zipper Man, which yep. is t- a totally different name and a really appropriate name at the same time. <laughs> yep. Sticky Fingers, of course, the name of a, a Rolling Stones album. One of the most Rolling Stones-ass Rolling Stones albums you're going to find. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if you're listening to the Japanese dub, the way Bruno's voice actor shouts Sticky Fingers is really good. Sticky <laughs> Fingers! <laughs> yeah, Sticky Fingers, basically mostly white with blue on him. He's kind of like got a blue blue helmet on him uh, with like gold, a gold mohawk made out of spikes going across it i like sticky fingers he's cool i I like uh the armored arms yeah the padded armor that goes from the elbow down all the way to the knuckle over the wrist it's very good sticky fingers is probably the stand that looks the most like it could be a super sentai transformation for somebody yes yeah yes there's something about the head and face some some set of of power rangers has fought this guy yeah, yeah. Also covered in zippers and gigantic zipper pulls. Like <laughs> yeah. a zipper pull that goes from uh, uh, the belt all the way nearly to the knees. <laughs> yeah. Giorno throws out a punch, but uh, Bruno's blocking it with his stand. And uh, Bruno decides, hey, it sucks fighting gold experience in this tiny little area. Uh, mm-hmm, I got to mm-hmm. I gotta make a tactical retreat. And so he leaves by creating a giant zipper on the side of the... <laughs> of the train here and mm-hmm, he just mm-hmm. slips out through the zipper yeah so Giorno has to like pull the emergency cord and jump out and give chase because if bruno escapes one he can tell what he knows and then like the whole mafia is after him and two uh, uh sticky fingers is the perfect ambush stand he, he <laughs> could never be safe yep and so yeah he's chasing him through through alleyways and stuff and there's a part where bruno stops and just like looks at Giorno and there's just a big group of people around him and he just kind of falls backwards into a group of people and suddenly he vanishes. Yes. And Giorno's just like, oh, fuck, can he make zippers on people's bodies and hide in them? The answer is yes. Yes, yes. you can. And so one of these four people is a Trojan dude just <laughs> hiding, just hiding a whole ass man inside them. Yep. And all four of these people are, are going off in different directions, and so Giorno's got to choose which one to go after. So the camera starts following one of them, just this sort of stocky guy in, in a knit beanie uh, uh, walking away. That's, that's probably where it is, but that's meta-knowledge Giorno doesn't have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he starts swatting this, uh, at this fly buzzing around his head, and this fly's really irritating, and he just doesn't want to deal with this fly. So he smacks the fly really good, which causes him to scream in pain and collapse as like electric shocks travel up and down <laughs> his body. Yeah, and this forces the zipper on this man's back to open, and Bruno just shoots out of this man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the fly turns into a tooth, the tooth that got knocked out of Bruno's face earlier. Yeah, yeah, because part of a body is just a dead thing after a certain amount of time. We learned that from Josuke's blood, after all. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, Giorno turned this into a fly and said hey fly go back to the body that you came from when you were a tooth chunk (laughs) yeah and when you strike a dead thing that turned into a live thing all that is reflected back onto you after all so that's why (laughs) beanie guy collapsed in a heap yeah because he was struck by the 
struck with the proportional force of a hand a hundred times his size, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Bruno's caught and he's like, okay, yep, fucking fine. We're just, we're going to duke it out here. No more running Mm -hmm, away. mm -hmm. I'm going to unzip your body into a million little chunks, dude. So they face off and they have a flurry of blows. And I really, I do like the way that this fight plays out. The way that uh, uh, sometimes their stands are are separate. Sometimes it's uh, uh, like stands appearing as power armor, basically. Yes. Yeah. Part five doesn't do this a lot, but every once in a while, yeah, you get guys just materializing a part of their stand over their own body like armor, and it's pretty damn cool looking. It's really good doing, uh, uh, like, we see the, the flurry of blows from within instead of seeing it, like, laterally as a viewer it's the punches are coming right at you yeah and it's uh, a bruno but with sticky fingers is padded blue and white arm it's good shit yep so in this exchange uh, a golden experience lands a punch on one of bruno's arm and then uh, uh knowing what we all know now is ready for a, a big coup de gras attack while his brain is blasted <laughs> out eight feet away <laughs> yeah but that's not what happens yeah. Because that's not his arm. <laughs> yes. Uh, Bruno's able to get a whole bunch of punches in on Giorno, unzips a bunch of different parts of Giorno partially. And yeah, it turns out Bruno, so yeah, he can unzip stuff. And so he unzipped his own arm off of his body, unzipped the arm of that man he was hiding in, and swapped arms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, so it's the <laughs> unconscious man whose brain is all <laughs> freaking out right now. Instead, yeah, yeah, yup, I love it. So yeah, there's a part where you see Bruno like reveal, hey, you know, I just swapped arms, and he just, yeah, there's an arm going all around, all the way around his bicep, and so he just pulls the zipper, and the arm falls off, and it looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so Bruno is. The, the mystical one-armed man, somebody tell the fugitive, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Giorno is coming apart at the seams. <laughs> yeah, and so Giorno needs a way to get a punch in, because like, earlier Giorno notes that, like, wow, my stand has a really short reach, like it cannot move very far away from me. It's basically just normal human punching range. Mm-hmm, so Giorno mm-hmm. finds a way to get a long-distance punch in, and that is he grabs his partially unzipped arm and nearly tears it off entirely. So there's just a small bit of like zipper skin <laughs> attaching his arm to the rest of him. And he just throws his arm at Bruno and punches him from <laughs> long thro- range. Throws it like a missile and punches him from <laughs> like, ha ha, gotcha. Yeah. And so this is, again, a, a golden experience life punch that does make Bruno freak out and, and leave his body for a moment. And he's like, okay, his punches aren't strong normally, but yes. in this state, with my senses at this heightened, <laughs> like, fucking a supercharged state, even his weak punches will kill me from shock. <laughs> yeah. And so he's just overcome with complete terror as Giorno keeps getting closer and closer and he's about to punch him. And then Giorno just walks past him and doesn't punch him. <laughs> because, because Bruno, deep down, he's got a good heart. <laughs> His life was spared because he was such a, a good enough guy that he actually had a, a human reaction to seeing that, that that arm, that arm he stole was a heroin addict's arm. And it, it like... <laughs> yeah it was all fucked up at the injection site and then you know Giorno's made it to the, this guy to sort of i guess 
Golden touch also means a bit of a healing touch to just snap his arm back and, and fix him up. Yeah. Steal his wallet, obviously, and sees that he's 13 years old. Again, bullshit. No, he's bullshit. not. Bullshit. That guy's 35. I do Fuck not know off. how old this man is, but I know I wouldn't card him. He's not 13. Yeah, that's a fake ID. That's a weird fake ID to make yourself younger. <laughs> I don't... I don't know what's going on here. It's so he can get, like, discounted movie tickets. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, th- this little bit of humanity is what saves Bruno from from Giorno's wrath. Like, hey, hey, you and me, your boss isn't like you. Your boss isn't like me either, but you and me were alike. I think we can have a good mafia inside the bad mafia and overthrow the bad mafia and stop selling drugs to kids, because that's yes. what I believe in. <laughs> yes. And Bruno's still trying to be like, I'm supposed to fucking kill you. I'm going to kill you. And Jonas like, no, actually, we are going to be friends. You're my friend now. <laughs> I'm going to kill your boss. <laughs> because we're friends and you're going to help because you're my best friend. Yeah. Uh, Stop gonna, trying to kill me. We're friends, damn it. We're going to run a good mafia that doesn't sell drugs to kids. We do nice, clean crime against other... <laughs> adults that deserve it we just steal from tourists that's what we do (laughs) yeah yeah and yeah giorno turns around and like where they're fighting is pretty high up so like there's a super beautiful view of naples here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and giorno turns around sits on the railing and he tells his life ambition and it's the final line of the episode he goes bruno i want to become a gang star <laughs> a gang star the best gangster it's, of them all it's the best it's the I best lo- i mean it's this is our uh, uh real first look at who our new jojo is what he's about what he wants and i love just putting it in context to the others like i i will be a fine gentleman i will save my mother from dio's curse i will protect morio from evil stands i will be the number one mafia boy <laughs> <laughs> yeah and do some good in the process but damn, I want to be a mob boss. <laughs> There's been a bit of a left turn here. Yeah. And I mean, it make, makes sense when it's, the protagonist is Dio's son. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, it's Joseph, all about pranks. Joseph K learned to love a good low stakes scam for sure. Mm-hmm. But this is like crime ass crime we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the, the beginning of part five is very different from any of the other parts. And it's. Like, it is one of the fun parts of, fun aspects of this part is just, like, we got a JoJo. Like, he's mm-hmm. not an evil guy, but what if we had a JoJo with a Dio tint to him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blonde Joe. Yeah, Blonde Joe. By the way, we have to talk about the ending credits song. Uh, yes, Freakin' You by Jodeci. Jodeci? Yep. I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't part of that music scene in the mm-hmm. mid-90s. Songs I listened to weren't about freaking anybody. Let me tell you that. They were they were mostly about wheels and buses. Yeah. I cracked up laughing when I saw this episode and heard the ending credits song for the first time just because one of the very first lyrics you hear is, every time I close my eyes, I wake up feeling so horny, uh, <laughs> which is great. A great choice for a JoJo song, ending credits song. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so if mm-hmm. all right by birthmark laws as much as giorno is is being considered dio's son he yeah. is a joe star yep so he is the uncle <laughs> of joseph oh god is he yes i've yes. never actually thought about this okay yeah i guess he's the uncle. It, 
to the degree he is Jonathan's son, then he is uh, uh, Joseph's father's brother, half brother. Uh, okay, yeah. He's Joseph's uncle. <laughs> oh my god! Imagine Joseph getting that news now. <laughs> He's raising the invisible baby. He's even older now. He has a 15-year-old uncle. He has a 15-year-old uncle. Dude, what is up with his family? <laughs> it's all fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Man. So that makes him that makes him Josuke's like great uncle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Jesus and, Christ. And the baby's great-uncle and Holly's great-uncle and uh, uh, I guess Jotaro's great-great-uncle? Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Man. But yeah, what do, you, what do you think of these first two episodes? I'm sure I can be uh, reminded of things or argued out of it, but I think the, mm -hmm. the sort of creative impulse in the opening of part five is like, okay, it says bizarre on the cover. You you know what you're getting. Let's <laughs> yeah. really foreground that. I don't think any of them started as aggressively weird as, yep. okay, your, your luggage is a slime egg that is also a frog, and let's just puke up some fingers while we're at it. <laughs> like, I'm going to hide in a man, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to rip off my arm and throw it like a missile, yes. Josuke punching through his mom and uh, uh, gagging up a kitchen glove is is like I don't know three quarters of the way here I would say but like <laughs> yeah. it it's it's not in a completely different world but this is the this is the most weirdness in a beginning yeah. we have had part five in in general is pretty fucking weird uh, there's just a lot of really wild stand powers and a lot of really weird ways people solve battles but yeah part five is definitely up there as one of the strangest at least from what i've seen so far it's weirder than part six from what i've seen of that so far unless you look at how background characters are designed in part six <laughs> yes yeah that's when things get weird <laughs> yeah the, there, there's a prison war in part six who's fucked up <laughs> yeah i i do really enjoy the the first fight in in this show Gold experience power set is a little messy and does a lot, but I do like the idea of what happens when you punch something living with life force and it's just their brain goes fucking haywire <laughs> and they just hallucinate themselves being hyperpowered. But no, you're just having an out-of-body experience and also normal punches hurt like shit now. <laughs> like I like the weird roundabout way that Giorno is strong. He just makes yeah, people yeah. hallucinate. <laughs> He's strong when he's giving when he's buffing himself or, or yeah, I guess yeah. de debuffing his enemies. Yeah, jo this is the first JoJo stand or or main JoJo stand that fights mainly with debuffs. <laughs> <laughs> he he has to land a combo. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. J Jorno's stand is a, a pretty wild one. There, there's more to mm -hmm, it later mm -hmm. on. Uh, he, of course there is. <laughs> of course there is. Some of us just like well. What if I use my stand this way? Oh, shit, I can? Okay, cool. But, you know, the fact that he can just touch anything and make it something living, anything living, <laughs> adds a lot of complications, for sure. And that he has some sort of control, or, or at least sympathy, with those things. Like, yeah. we, we've seen him give very simple commands, like, hey, frog, come find me so I can turn you back into luggage and sell shit. Or, yeah. hey, tooth fly, go back where you came from. yeah. Like, it's almost Crazy Diamond-ish in some ways, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but only with living things, kind of? Like, he can't... 
Like, he's not going to repair a broken glass. He can't do that shit. No, but he did fix up his own arm that he, he tore up off his and, own arm. and made juicy noises. <laughs> oh, it's so gross. Some blood squirted out when he was tearing his seams. Yeah, the, the sound effect for when he tries to, he almost entirely rips his arm off sounds like if you try to tear a steak with your bare hands. Like, <laughs> that's what it sounds like. And yeah, for like the first two episodes of an opening JoJo, they, they're, this is a decent amount of restraint from introducing too many characters at once. We only met yeah, two, yeah. like three technically, but one of them's dead already. I was so sure that like I just have to like train my autocorrect on ten new names. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to I would still be calling Bruno Bob guy because I, I couldn't remember which one is Bruno with all these new guys, but no, that that has not happened yet. Yeah. I might still call him Bob guy. It's a weird haircut for, for somebody <laughs> to have. Yeah. Oh my god, Bruno's haircut is something all right. He looks like he's the evil secretary to somebody in a cyberpunk story. That's yes. his haircut. Yes. The very aggressively pointed Bob. <laughs> For next week, I believe we'll be watching three episodes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, episodio three is Meet the Gangster Behind the Wall. Followed by Joining the Gang and Find Poplo's Fortune. <laughs> There's significantly less episodes in this that are just called part one and part two there's definitely two parts in this that do not have that that titling to Mm -mm. it so maybe sometimes we're going to end up in the middle uh i do not remember where these fights begin and end anymore except for the part (laughs) one and two episodes it's going to get crazy and hey koichi's still around yeah yeah he's not out of the show yet what if okay what if koichi finds the guy in the picture is like Mm. okay this dude is has the black heart of Satan, Jotaro, what do I do? And he's like, you have to kill him. You mm. are an assassin now, small boy. Oh, uh, shit. I will let your cram school know you're going to be late a few days, but you have to kill a man. <laughs> I probably should have sent, I don't know, Does is Jotaro still in contact with Polnareff? Like, send a, <laughs> send a veteran in there. I know this is just a baby Dio if it is, in fact, evil, but, like, shit... Not just Koichi. At least for backup. You know, someone with a sword is not a bad idea. (laughs) Yeah. Koichi's got a problem in that he has to be very close to murderous intent to affect it in any way. (laughs) If I could just figure out what this son of Dio's least favorite sound is, I can really (laughs) unnerve him. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Oh, what would the son of Dio's least favorite sound be? I don't know. Probably Dio. (laughs) Probably Dio, actually. Yeah, that's it's true. Why does... Okay, okay. All right, Mm. the picture. The picture. I'm guessing he got the picture from his mom? Maybe. Wow, Lord Dio. We sure had fun clubbing that one time. Thanks (laughs) for not eating me. Let me take a quick snap to remember you by. Yeah, yeah. Is that why he has that picture? Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have no explanation for why he's got that picture. (laughs) Wish I could meet my actual dad. He looks cool. <laughs> like, just imagine if there was the, the plot was this is the son of Dio, you know, abandoned by him when he was like two or whatever. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the whole his whole mission of the show is to just find Dio and meet his actual dad again. Oops. <laughs> Get to the end of the journey. He's fucking dead. Just treating him and calling him and considering him a son of Dio, which everybody does like nobody's talking about like well as jonathan from the neck down that does not it it might later but for now it it hasn't come up 
I think it is an interesting uh, uh, way to sort of defuse the idea of like family bonds, like genetic bonds as fate. Yeah, yeah. Because he is Dio's son because Dio chose to uh, uh, be a father. Okay, I don't know if they were actually planning (laughs) to have a kid, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Dio would never use protection. What? Like, what? (laughs) No way. It's come up several times, but I'm Mm -hmm. always uh, uh, interested in stories that have, you know, the... That sort of faded family, you know, generational thing and how they either do or don't try to resist the the very slippery slope into some people are just inherently better because of their blood and they should have this power. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, totally. The further we get into like these parts, the more like the further away from like, I don't know, it just feels like the further away it is we go from just like, hey, this is the next child of the most recent Joestar. You know, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. now now we got Cujo's, now we got Higashikata's, now we got G- Giovanni's, Giovanna's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even when it is like people directly descended from George Joestar the first. <laughs> yeah. You you have things like Josuke really seeing himself as his grandfather's boy much yep. more than his father's boy. Yep. Yeah. And like even with some of the stuff where it's like <laughs> the show's been like, you know, babies can just be born inherently evil sometimes. It feels like this show goes out of its like one of the things it does, at least with Giorno, is to go like, hey, people aren't born inherently evil. <laughs> it just can happen real easy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, cause yeah, it's we we see the upbringing upbringing that Jorno had, and it's kind of similar to Dio's when he was growing mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm. But hey, just like a random event happened that kind of cha- altered his life's course, and now he's uh he's doing crimes, but he's got a good heart. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, everybody's doing crimes. Have we seen anybody in Napoli that isn't no. doing crimes or a tourist? <laughs> yeah, no, nobody. Yeah. I guess the gelato vendor. He's the only upstanding citizen, mm. but he's probably paying into a protection racket. Yep. He's at least paying protection money. We didn't see what was in the back of that mm. gelateria. Mm. Like he's he's smuggling the secret flavors. Yeah, like there's a secret code word to get into the back to deal with something don't know what something illicit and the code word is buying a specific set of flavors it always is it all, <laughs> that's how it goes every time yeah yeah a really weird set of flavors that no one would order because it's like the most unpopular one with two clashing flavors you get in the back you're buying heroin now i don't know <laughs> <laughs> So I guess that's it for us this week. Uh, mm. Thank you all for, for joining us. As far as I know, that that uh, skinny freak Rohan will not be following us to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Pretty sure we've seen the end of him. Yeah, uh, that, that mention of him from Koichi is the last we'll be seeing of Rohan until we get to like any like other spinoff things or, or anything like that. You think maybe Manish Boy is going to show up as Manish <laughs> Child in the <laughs> in, in in the whole Horse Josuke spinoff? Oh my god! He would be Manish Teen now. Yeah, yeah. God, I don't know. Maybe. Do you think he he uh, is on the right path? And do you think he has to keep eating poop to be on the right path? <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, Manish Boy. Manish middle schooler. (laughs) (laughs) 
but yeah, with that, we'll we'll see you next week with uh, the next three episodes of Golden Wind. Mm-hmm. To be continued. See you, everybody. Bye.